Hello everyone. Again, my name is Manuel from Top Virtual Staffing Solutions and AAA Physical Therapy. And we have a special guest right now for this specific video. Uh, we have Dr. Zhu right here and we have Miko as one of our participants. So uh, just real quick here, I, in terms of implicit consent, as we continue to do these live sessions that you are allowing us to be photographed, videotape, audiotape, and so on and so forth. And we are going to go ahead and share all of this information on all social media sites and the likes. And you're going to release Top Virtual Staffing Solutions, AAA Physical Therapy, and our guests for any liability, if you may. So as always, we have to begin with <laughs> certain things. So uh, obviously, if you have specific questions, Feel free to go ahead and ask us, uh, ask us accordingly, and/or the guests that we will have for these uh, virtual hall sessions. So, enough of the legalities. Let's go ahead and focus on our guest right now, Doctor Zhu Miko. We are. This is being recorded again. I assume you guys are good with this, correct? Hi, Manuel. Um, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dr. Zhu, a pediatrician, a general practitioner, and a weight management specialist. I've always been health conscious and focused on preventative medicine because it is always good to actively prevent illness instead of passively treating it. We are living in a challenging time where our body and mind are constantly under stress. Finance, relationship, health, Anything can make us lose sleep. Besides all that mental stress, our body is fighting nonstop against the toxic environment we are living in. Pollutions, preservatives, germs. Now the whole world is fighting against COVID. We have COVID patients in and out every day. I'm not going to try to predict how this will end up. However, it is a reminder that we are constantly living in a world full of germs, including viruses. 2003, we had SARS, 2009, MERS, and 2020, 2020, COVID. That is within not even 20 years. Who knows what's next? Who knows if COVID will ever go away? Will vaccines and antibodies work 100%? Will COVID mutate faster than flu? We don't know much, but we do know that at any time, you want to be in your best general health. That is, keep your immune system working all the time. It takes time and effort with knowledge. It is easier said than done as it sets a really high standard for your daily lifestyle. How to stay healthy? How to keep immune system strong? Well, it all boils down to sleep, diet, nutrition, and exercise. Everyone has an experience of getting a cold after travel because travel can be tiring and sleep depriving. Sleep is extremely essential. Without sleep, your immune system cannot work properly. Most people need eight hours sleep at night to function well during the day. We know that throughout the night, we go in and out of several stages of sleep. Light sleep is when your body processes memories and emotions and your metabolism regulates itself. During deep sleep, our muscles are very relaxed. This is when your body secrets growth hormone, which is associated with cellular rebuilding and repair. Deep sleep has also been shown to help strengthen your immune system. REM sleep is when most dreaming happens and your eyes move rapidly. Uh, that's why it got the name of rapid eye movement stage. It is very important for emotion regulation and memorization and the forgetting. REM is also the peak of protein making at the cellular level, which keeps many processes in the body working properly. For example, while fighting against the virus, your body needs proteins to make antibodies. Our body is so delicate that lacking any stages of sleep will cause problems. Diet. 
your macronutrients, building blocks of your body. Carbs, protein, and fat. And the ideal proportion is that you get 50% carbs, 20% protein, and 30% fat. Carbs. Your body turns carbs into glucose and it gives the quickest, quickest form of energy. Your liver can store extra carbs as glycogen in limited amounts. Beyond that, carbs turn into fat, which first deposit, deposit into your belly. Try to eat healthier form of carbs, complex carbs, or slower acting carbs. They are your multi-green, brown rice, lentils, beans, yams, pumpkins, or your green, leafy, orange, yellow, purple, red vegetables. Vegetables are higher in fiber and low in carb. You need at least 25 grams of fiber a day as a woman, and for men, it's 35 grams. They raise blood sugar slowly and last longer, keeping you from feeling hungry for a longer time. On the other hand, you will try to avoid simple carbs or fast-acting carbs. Those are your candies, cookies, and cake, juice, and soda. Getting into the habit of not buying drinks with added sugar at all. Always read the labels. Notice at least no added sugar and also times the calorie per serving to the numbers of servings for the whole bag so you have an idea how much calories you are getting as a snack. For juice, only freshly squeezed juice with pulps are accepted as it's like eating a whole fruit. Berries are always a better choice as they are less sweet. If no fresh fruit, frozen berries are perfect. So what are the examples of healthy snacks like coconut meat, dark chocolate, pickled olives, beef turkey jerks? A few nuts. Remember 10 nuts of any sort is about 100 calories, so don't eat too much. Try to have snack that is either a fruit or high protein or high fat, but not a combination of fat and a carb, which is the worst, like donuts, ice cream, like cake. But those are most tempting. It is easier to curb the temptation if you love exercise and the building or at least preserving the muscles. Because if you do, you will automatically watch your protein intake. And the sweets are only treats. Your body needs protein for growth, maintenance, and energy. Protein can also be stored and is used mostly by your muscles. That is why after muscle training, you need to drink protein shakes. Muscle training is a process of tearing small muscles. You will not gain any muscle unless you give it a rest plus protein to help recover the torn muscles. Repeat that process and that's how your muscle fibers get, get bulky and strong. Fats. You should definitely eat more good unsaturated fats like olives, olives oils, avocado, nuts, fatty fish, peanut butter. On the other hand, saturated fat uh, like fatty cuts of pork, beef, lamb, whole milk, ice cream, coconut oil, is very good. It, uh, coconut oil has a saturated fat, but it contains medium chain triglycerides, uh, which go straight to liver and burn as a source of energy and turns to ketones, which can be used as energy for your brain. People living in tropic islands eat coconut as 60% of their daily calorie, and they turn out to have very good general health and also have a very low risk for heart disease. The immune system consists of a vast number of cells, tissues, and the messengers that play a key role in protecting the body against the infection. How does body turn carbs, protein, and fats into energy, hormones, and the cell tissue structures to maintain daily body activity? Biochemistry reaction needs catalyst. So where are those catalysts coming from? It is your micronutrients, your vitamins, and the trace elements. I hope everyone agrees that we are not able to get adequate full-spectrum vitamins and minerals from daily diet.
you will have to chop up 20 different vegetables every day, not to say nowadays produces are dropping their nutritional values due to industrialization of agriculture. A number of vitamins and the trace elements have been shown to be important for adequate functioning of the immune system, including vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, D, E, and folate, iron, copper, zinc, and selenium. They function by helping body carry out numerous biochemical reactions that produce energy, make hormones, and get rid of the wastes. They also work as antioxidants and participate in anti-inflammatory reactions. Inflammation is the start of every single degenerative disease, like diabetes, like arthritis. Zinc itself can also suppress viral pr production. We know that hydroxychloroquine or Plaquenil can be an effective treatment for COVID patient. Part of the reason is that this medicine helps zinc getting into the cells in large amount, so zinc can better suppress viral production. Silently, vitamins and the trace elements are working tirelessly in our cells to keep us, keep us going. The least we can do is to keep filling the bucket. I take vitamins two to three times a day to keep optimal blood level on top of a healthy, balanced diet. Some people say vitamins are mostly peed out. You pee out water too, but you still drink lots of water, right? Exercise. Some people like to go to the gym, some do marathons, some just want to take a walk, and that is all fine. The American Heart Association recommends at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week. That breaks down to at least 30 minutes a day, five times a week. For the ones who enjoy physical activity, there is always a plus that exercise will make you happy, which also boosts your immune system. My goal is to help everyone to practice a lifestyle that makes you healthy and stay that way. People may say, I remember it for a day, then the next day I forget about it. Being health conscious is indeed a habit. It takes time and effort. People may say you need money too. That is also true. But the goal is to not to get sick. As you know, getting sick is the most expensive thing. Then you will need special diet, medicine, doctor's visits. It also makes you frustrated. It takes your time away from your family. So the goal is to avoid going to a doctor's office. And that is why many physicians around the world and I are working with a company that has been there for 28 years who have developed a mature system for you and the thousands of Olympic athletes to get the best qualified micro and macronutrients, as well as business opportunity. What this company offers are health, wealth, and the power to help others. But first, you have to help yourself. Whether your goal is to get high quality nutrients, a clean diet, lose some weight, or proper exercise, feel free to contact me. Manuel has my cell phone and email. It is free counsel. I want you to take control of your health and keep away from doctors. I'd like to see you in the park, on the trail, but not in my urgent care office. I think Manuel has collected some COVID questions and you can also um, type any questions for me to answer and uh, back to Manuel. Uh, first again, thank you so much for doing this uh, with us, Dr. Zhu. And and the messages that you have shared, these are things that we, we hear in one shape or form, but having all of these details is really critical uh, for all of us to really pay attention to and, and do whatever we can. And just like what you have identified of you working with, with, with the system that you are working with and that they can reach out to you if they want to go ahead and learn more, uh, are you fine that we chat your yeah. phone number here and or email? Yes, sure, okay. of course. All right, yes, so, so feel free to uh, put it in here or I'll put it in here or once I publish this, then I'll go ahead and make sure 
that information is there, okay? Okay. All right, so yes, yeah, so feel free to reach out to Dr. Zhu. Uh, if you don't mind, Dr. Zhu, I'll highlight certain things that you have shared. And I was yes. typing because I want to make sure I don't forget, but really the important piece here, for example, is prevention. And with, uh, as a medical professional, as a medical doctor, and for our physical therapy practice, which is another medical practice basically, is that we really focus on prevention. Because just like what you mentioned, if we do not prevent, and then now we're in that other side of, of the coin wherein we are now sick or unhealthy, then things are going to be impacted, whether it's time, money, energy, logistics, and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm really glad that we are really, we are on the same page of really trying to go ahead and promote the important piece of prevention. And, and that's the thing, you don't go ahead and just like what Dr. Zhu identified, oh, I'm not going to, I want to see Dr. Zhu when I'm healthy or find out a little bit more how can I continue to go ahead and have better health, not necessarily the absence of illness. Correct? Yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so how can we be stronger? How can we be healthier? And so on and so forth. Now, at the same time, with this COVID-19 reality, because you will hear some people saying that, I'm, I'm healthy, I eat well, I, dr I drink all of these vitamins, and so on and so forth. Uh, but, uh, but with this virus, it, it will impact you even if you are healthy. Is that accurate, Dr. Zhu? Yes, even if you are healthy, um, you can get a virus, but uh, if you are healthy, um, you have a better immune system and uh, you may um, get a very mild case and be a asymptomatic, you know, um, uh, uh, infection. So uh, you may be just needing to stay at home and, and um, you may not need to go to the hospital. So, okay. That's good. And that's the thing. That's the other thing too. Uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll focus a little bit more on the COVID-19 questions a little bit later. The other thing that I want to go ahead and highlight that you mentioned is uh, the importance of exercise and the importance of sleep. And I don't know if I missed it, but I think there's a, high, uh, a good correlation as well that you, if you exercise or if you move around enough, that will help you to get quality sleep as well, correct? That is absolutely true, yeah. So if you sit in front of your computer all day long, um, it's hard to, to go back to sleep. And some people still take computer into the bed, right, before sleep and to read more. Uh, you'll definitely need exercise like uh, American Heart Association recommend at least 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Okay, that is the minimum. Okay. And if you do more, and it's better, even better. Sounds good. Now, I, I don't know if I captured it well enough, and I don't know if this is one of those uh, drugs or medication that's being shared by the government, uh, but feel free to clarify it with me. Did I hear you say something to do with hydrochloroquine? Like yeah, that? hydroxychloroquine. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. So, again, because that's medication, we need a prescription for that to be taken in relation to COVID-19, correct? I just want to make sure. That, that, that is true. So, so hydroxychloroquine or, or Plaquenil, it's an old like anti-malarial medicine. Okay. Uh, so... Um, it, it's been uh, quite safe, uh, but the thing is for COVID patients, you need to take it with ZPAC and both, both, both these medicines will, pro, will have a um, side effect uh, that are affecting the, the heart, the, how, it, how it beat, it's beating. So it's, co it's called prolonged QT. So unfortunately, both medicine causes that specific side effect. So taken together, you know, it may cause a problem. So um, 
mostly uh, people who's hospitalized and they are trying it. And um, uh, so far, it, it seems like it, it has a better um, outcome if you take it early. So some um, outpatient uh, doctors are prescribing prescribing as well, but you have to have a positive test. Okay. And all right. So again, the bottom line is that you are working with a medical doctor if you are working with such powerful medication, especially if it has, like what you mentioned, side effects that could be fatal as well, correct? Exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. So and there is no... Um, no study says this absolutely works. The study is still going on. So there is no study says which medicine really works. So we don't have a, an absolute 100% medicine for this virus yet. For this virus yet. And then I know one of the, and then now we'll, we'll transition a little bit more or focusing a little bit more with the, with the virus, uh, COVID-19, or uh, I think they've identified it as uh, COV-SARS-2 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. More of a, a more technical term, if you may. But I know mm -hmm. uh, common use, uh, common phrase that we're using right now is COVID nineteen. Is that it, just just a hypothetical here, Doctor Zhu? And I know it's very very difficult to project what's going to happen next, and so on and so forth. But let's say, for example, we do have vaccination right now. And I'm not even talking about side effects and the potency of it. Let's say if we have it right now, how realistic would it be or what's the timetable that it's going to take for all of us <laughs> to get vaccinated and such? Because I know, again, to go through trials, test trials upon test trials, and then at the same time, making sure that it's effective, one. And number two is that obviously, in making sure that the side effects aren't super critical either. So if we're able to take care of those two major parts, what's the time frame for us to go ahead and say, oh yes, the whole world, the whole country, the state is going to receive vaccination. I mean, what's the time frame there? I don't know, I hope you understand my question. Um, are you asking me how, how long does it take to develop the vaccine or not, not, not to, let's say we have already developed the vaccine let's okay. say right now we have developed the vaccine we have done the necessary clinical trials let's say we have already identified uh you know in terms of the side effect that it's not critical let's say we have taken care of all of those major ones i'm just talking about the logistics of Every county, every state, the whole country, the whole world is going to be vaccinated with this. I, I, I guess it's going to take a long time just even with that, correct? That is true, yeah. For, for the vaccines that's being, being distributed, you know, to every state, every clinic, you know, for all the patients to come in. Not to say if their vaccine works, it still takes two weeks because the flu vaccine takes two weeks to start working after you get it. That's right. So, but but that your question is still in in the ideal world, you know, because yes. uh, it's almost impossible to have a vaccine that that's working a hundred a hundred percent, have no side effect, you know, uh, as such. Uh, as you know, uh, COVID nineteen uh, is like um, flu. It's an RNA, so it's a single strand RNA. It's it's a very small piece of gene, and um, because it's single strand, it tends to uh, mutate. It tends to to change its gene uh, quickly. So, so obviously, flu uh, changes its genes every year. That's why every year, every September, we have the new vaccine coming out, that, and that's based on the strains of the previous winter, uh -huh. um, the flu, the flu strain. So that's why you know it's never a hundred percent accurate. It's never a hundred percent effective because, uh, like like last winter, it's the flu vaccine is only like forty to sixty percent um, effective uh, because it's uh, the flu gene already changed. Because it has changed. Yeah, and, already has changed. Uh -huh. And with COVID nineteen, like what you said, it's possible that it's going to change. 
Yes, it's possible it's going to change. And it, it's a question that uh, um, the speed of, of our vaccine making, um, can this be, be the, the change of the, uh, the virus? So, the yeah, it's, it's a war oh, <laughs> between wow. human so, being and a virus. So it's possible that whatever we're treating right now mm -hmm. or whatever vaccination that we are creating right now Mm -hmm. could be outdated by the time that this specific strain has mutated or has changed. Yes. yes. And, and the efficacy of the vaccination may not be as effective as just like what you said, this part, the yes. flu. That yeah, it's, it's never going to be 100%. So. Wow. Okay. So in short, this is, going, this is, a, this is indeed a marathon on how we can continue to work with this reality, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously with the news right now, it's, it's a little bit beyond my control, your control in terms of things slowly opening up and stuff like that. And I know we want to be as responsible as possible. And, and I understand why we are trying to go ahead and do those things. So, I want to highlight the prevention piece and, mm -hmm. and the education piece as well in relation to COVID-19. So I know, I know weeks before, you know, or over a little bit over a month ago, scientists are talking about the importance of testing. But I think, but, but not I think. But from what I'm hearing from these, from these researchers and medical professionals, the way I'm understanding it is that we're a little bit over beyond testing now. That's why we need to focus on contact tracing. Is that correct or testing, testing, testing is still important? Um, both testing and uh, uh, contact isolation are important. Well, you can quarantine people if you know they are positive, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then because COVID-19, this new virus is um, so capable of uh, mimicking lots of other diseases. So, so for example, obviously, if now you have fever, cough, shortness of breath, you probably have COVID, right? It's like you don't even need to be tested. But um, some people present um, non-typical symptoms, no you know, not typical symptoms. Like you, you can have loss of smells, loss of taste. You can have stomach upset. Uh, you could have nausea, muscle aches, just like flu-like symptoms. You could have headache, chills, you know, and any of those could be the presenting symptoms of COVID-19. So um, it is good. I mean, ideally, you, if you have any symptoms, you get tested. And ideally, that test is 100% sensitive and 100% specific, right? But that's, that's just not the real world, you know? So, so yeah, I would say, um, because testing is now relatively e e easier this month in May. Um, uh, in Maryland, uh, there's lots of urgent cares that you can make an appointment and go and get tested. Okay, um, but the nuclear acid testing or the, the PCR testing, it's not 100% um, accurate uh, like any other testing. And um, uh, early on, you may not test positive and a few days into it and you should, you should test positive. Um, but then it depends on the sample, you know, the uh, person who's collecting it. And technically, uh, this uh, nuclear acid testing is the most accurate if you get the irrigation liquid from the lung, from the lower part of the lung, the alveoli, okay? And because this is a lower lung disease, that's why some people don't even cough. They just have shortness of breath, okay? okay. So when you take a throat swab or a nasal swab, um, it's less sensitive, okay? So, um, but... I mean, the test is going, it's, it's all good if you test positive or if, if you just have symptoms, you haven't been tested yet, yes, you should self-quarantine, okay? So if at home, uh, uh, if there's another caregiver and uh, you should quarantine yourself inside, 
a bedroom that that has a, a bathroom attached to it okay so the goal is you don't come out of the house for 10 days or or 14 days and uh, the other person will will send you the meals and um and the way you do it is they send you the meals at the door and they leave and you open the door and they get the meals and then after, after you eat you uh, take out the dishes and you close your door okay so okay. minimal contact I, and and i think that's where i want to highlight a little bit more because uh i i personally already know of people who have covid 19 and and I said, okay, you need to talk to your doctor of exactly what you need to do. And, but from whatever I've been listening to scientists and researchers, just like what you've said, and, and from this Hopkins course regarding contact tracing, and I will highlight, I will make sure I highlight that before the end of the session, is that that's what I want to clarify, those practical things. So make sure you are in a room with a, your own bathroom so you don't cross-contaminate somebody else touching whatever it is that you're touching. And obviously, if you sneeze, you talk and stuff like that. If you're going to talk to somebody, just use a phone and you're not face-to-face -face and avoiding these aerosols, if you may. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if a, is it going to be overkill to put a tarp around the door or when you're, like what you said, putting in the dishes and then close the tarp and and leave the leave the food there and then when you're about to take the dishes make sure you wash it right away wash your hands and don't touch your face while you're doing that what other practical things can you go ahead and share if somebody is has tested positive COVID-19 mm -hmm. and they're living with some other people in the household their relatives or their friends or whoever what are the other practical things in addition to all of those things that you identified the person who's tested positive and has been self-quarantined uh, should wear a mask should wear a mask okay. okay should wear a mask even inside uh, his or her own room mm -hmm. yeah because uh, if you cough and sneeze you know it's possible that if if your air conditioning or heater, the filter is not antiviral, it may get carried away and circulate in the same house. Oh. Yes. So um, try to contain those uh, because I just read an article uh, that um, it's talking about why the grocery store uh, cashiers are easier to get uh, the virus but not the customer because you are exposed in the same environment, right? So when you go grocery shopping and the customer only spend one hour there while the cashiers are working there all day long, okay? So for a successful infection to happen, you need both uh, the viral concentration, okay? And the time exposed. Okay, so you time these two together and if, if it passes certain number, you'll get infected. And I think that answers. So, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. And I think that answers the other question that I have because I'm 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 almost done with the Hopkins contact tracing course that's free to the public, and I would personally highly. I, I don't know. You, you tell me, Doctor Zhu. I, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see it. It was just published yesterday. Okay. But, but it was done with, with an epidemio epidemiologist at Hopkins. Uh, and and one of the things that they've identified is, for example, if I'm tested positive, let's say I'm asymptomatic right now. Mm -hmm. We see each other, we talk for however many minutes, and then two days later, I become symptomatic. And then now I have to go ahead and inform you or somebody has to go ahead and inform you that, hey, I, I, I got positive two days prior. And so one of the things that they've identified is that if you have talked to somebody for about 15 to 30 minutes, and I was thinking, I don't know why, and that's where, okay, why 15 minutes? Why not 10 minutes? And then what if it's just even a few seconds and this person sneezed at me? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think. So, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about the minutes. Okay. Uh, go ahead, send that paper to me. Uh, I would like to read it. Um, yes. But don't. Um, I mean, those those are just numbers. Okay, they are relative numbers. Okay. So for yes. let, let me give you a good example. Okay. Go ahead, please. So so if you go um, hiking, okay, let's say hiking or running on the trail in the park, okay, uh, or you go biking, okay, and let's say people are running, they're not wearing masks, okay, in the park. And um, so you'll see them just, just one second, right? You guys pass by, right? Face to face, and you guys pass by to different directions, to opposite directions. And that's only, you know, one or two seconds, right? And plus that person who's running or biking is probably not sick. Because if you are sick, if you're not sick, but you are asymptomatic, um, uh, patient uh, let's say you're not sick you don't even know you didn't get tested you are not sick but you are you know infected you only release um, a certain numbers of viruses in in one breath okay versus a patient a patient who's actively coughing having symptoms and they release um will be the the numbers of virus that they release will be like a thousand times more Okay, so so that asymptomatic uh, people who's passing you by on the on the trail, that is just negligible amount of virus that you are not going to have enough viral load. You know, by timing the time and the the number of the the virus, the viral concentration. Okay, it's not going to reach that infectious level. Okay, so but if you're not on the trail, you're not running or biking, you should always wear the mask. Right, right now it's the recommendation. Now, if you, if you are just, you know, doing grocery shopping, um, or you know, you are working in your own cube in the company, you wear a mask, okay. But if you start talking to someone, and that's relatively, maybe within six feet, you know, if you start talking, and the your the the viral, you know, release is, is um, much greater. Okay, versus you're not talking. So if you're not, if you're talking, and I would recommend also wear either an eye mask or face face shield, because um, thirty percent of the virus, uh, the the COVID patient actually get infection through the eye, through the conjunctiva. Okay, so that's why it's so important to cover your eye as well, and that's why the uh, like in my urgent care, you know, everybody wears a face shield or, or a mask, uh, eye mask, um, on top of the, the facial mask. So, yeah. Super, thank you so much. So, uh, I, and that answered one of my other questions that I wanted to ask, because here in Columbia, here in Howard County, we have all of these great pathways. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super happy that at least where we have been biking or walking a little bit, it's not, it's not crowded. We will see right. one or two bikers every maybe eight minutes or so, or somebody walking about eight minutes or so. So it's not super crowded. And so with that, like what you said, let's say, for example, somebody's walking and they sneezed. We didn't see it. And then, you know, we bike around that where they sneezed. Like what you said, the, the viral load there wouldn't be as potent versus... Again, just talking face to face right now, obviously. So, so we don't have to worry about that too much. I mean, obviously, trying to avoid those these public places is, is the important thing. But right. as we're slowly uneasing the lockdown, so if we do do if we do that, like what you said, we're relatively okay. You said correct. Yeah. So if if somebody needs on the trail i mean it's probably the wind takes away right yeah. the wind uh, diluted and it's open space so it's much diluted okay versus somebody sneezing the hallway yeah. and then um the air conditioning the wind can take it somewhere else um that will dilute it too but because it's a closed space mm -hmm. and it's it's with a much higher concentration and just going back to that, like what you said, because in a grocery store, because you're you're there every every day, and you're you, you're 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 in the same ventilation 
uh, I, I, I didn't know that. I thought that from a ventilation point of view, it's not impacted, but you're saying that it can be transmitted. So if we are in the same house, for example, for me, if I'm living with, uh, with other people here, it's, and if the filter is not antiviral, it's possible that it can circulate in the house, you said? It is possible, yes. It is possible. Yes. And that's why, you know, in the same household, it's just so difficult to quarantine because yes. you are in family. Families share germs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so on that note, even if the other people in the household do not, are, are, have not been tested yet, it is better or, and, or safer to assume that they may have COVID-19 as well. It's, 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 it's better and safer that way until obviously tested. But if you're in the same household through and through, and then if you have that infection period before, am I making sense that? Yes, I, I understand your question. So if, if someone is being quarantined, uh, tested positive, and then the, the other household uh, people probably will develop antibody. I will put it that way. Okay. okay. You may or may, may not develop symptoms, but you may eventually have antibody uh, when, they, when they test for everybody, for, for antibodies. And I think this is the other question that is related to what we were talking about earlier. And I know we discussed this on the phone, but it was just the two of us. So I think mm -hmm. the public would, would benefit from this as well. And, and, and maybe for me, it, it's advanced and some for other people it's elementary but for me i want to have a better clarification that hopefully it's helpful for everybody else let's say for example i did have covid-19 but i was asymptomatic and i never got sick or anything none whatsoever Obviously, during that time frame, I could still spread the virus, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And then at the same time, if I don't get sick, none whatsoever, that's just like what you said, I have the antibodies. And I know uh, the, in, the immunoglobulin, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, IgG. Yeah, the IgG. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, so, so if I'm tested and if I'm in you, I'm, so... In essence, I am now immune with this specific COVID-19 strain. But just like what you said, this strain can change or mutate. So even if I have already developed the antibodies specifically for this COVID-19, I could still be, end up being sick afterwards, just, just like a typical flu. That's why we have these flu vaccinations every year. Is that, is that an accurate thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's right. So, um, so if you get antibody and uh, then, you know, it's, it's very, um, it varies a lot, you know, about antibody. Let, let's say, um, let's say the, the hepatitis B, okay. Mm -hmm. So hepatitis B, um, usually you get three shot series, right, the vaccination, and then you produce antibodies. Uh, and now uh, lots of uh, workmen's comp, you know, patients come in, say my company want me to be tested for the antibody for hepatitis B, see if I'm immune, okay? So when you talk about that, is it negative versus positive, there is actually a cutoff, a titer, a certain titer, right? And above that, you can say, okay, you are immune, you don't need vaccine anymore. Below that, and, and you say you need to be revaccinated, okay? So, um, so that, so we know what kind of cutoff is that for hepatitis B because it's old, old virus that's been there for thousands and, and more years, okay? Now this COVID is so new and um, the cutoff, you know, which one is correct, you know? And in general, we, we can only refer to previous experience of about other viruses, right? Uh, well, like flu, you, we, don't, we don't even test for flu antibody, you know? We, we don't test for that because it's, it's useless, right? You get flu every year. So, <laughs> so COVID might be just like that. Okay, first, first we don't know what's a 100% accurate cutoff 
tighter for you to say it's positive versus negative. And, um, and then, you know, um, we don't know, even if it's, um, it's useful, the antibody is useful and maybe a few months, and we don't know how long it's going to be useful. And then we don't know how effective it's going to be fighting against the next infection of COVID. So, um, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for dispelling some myths that I'm sort of receiving, but I'm not hearing it specifically from researchers or medical doctors like you. I personally, I, I know we're doing this for the public, but personally, oh my God, this is, this is super helpful. Thank you. So, yeah. So again, I, that's what it is. And that's why this is a marathon. That's why we need to continue to be, to be careful because even if, even if we have, if we were asymptomatic and then let's say we were tested with the IgG that we developed the antibodies, it's still possible that we can still get severely sick or impacted afterwards. Yes. And, and, and then here's my other question. If, if I'm asymptomatic, and then I know you gave the numbers earlier, and I know the, the, the Coursera course from Hopkins was talking about the 10 days and 14 days. And so let's say again, if I'm asymptomatic for 14 days, and I have the antibodies, and then you know, I still go around the same day with whatever it is that I'm doing, and then like what you said, it's not, it's possible, okay, let's say that my antibodies were working well enough, and that's why I became asymptomatic, and then after 14 days, let's say somebody was COVID-19 positive, let's say, you know, sneezed on the table, and I ended up touching the table, and touching my eyes, and then now I'm getting all of that. Yeah, is it, and then I'm still asymptomatic even after that. Can I, can I, can I, can I spread that infection to other, other people, the virus that I got again? Is it possible? I'm sorry if my question is lengthier. In short. No, that's fine. I, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So, okay, the second time you get infected, yes. you still spread it, right? So I can yeah. still spread it, you said? I, I, believe, I believe you can still spread it. Because ah. yeah, your body somehow is immune to the first time and the second time COVID infection. Doesn't mean everybody's body is immune to it, mm -hmm. right? And, and the, every, every individual is, is different. Yes. Like, like the... You know, two people, you get the same series of hepatitis B vaccine, and one may develop very high titers, you know, be immune to it, has a good um, antibody, and the other one may not have anything. The other one's body may not react to the, to the vaccine. So, so right now, if you are getting uh, asymptomatic uh, COVID infection, or you are getting you know, some symptoms. Well, just think of a, of a small viral load as a small dose of vaccination. That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the healthcare workers, I mean, we, we do all the, the PPEs, the, the personal protective equipment, but there's a higher chance that we still get some virus, right? And I think a small dose is, can be healthy. So don't think of, all that is, is a bad thing. Like I absolutely cannot get virus because the virus is going to come back as they say in winter, right? Or maybe, yeah. you know, down the road. So if you are getting small doses of viruses and get your body, start fighting and start getting used to it. I think, I think it's actually, it might be a good thing instead of getting zero virus. So, so it's all about the viral load, right? Remember yes. the viral concentration times the exposure time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. So, and that is possibly one of the main reasons why, at least here in Maryland, that schools didn't open up. Because if kids are generally speaking, they are asymptomatic, but they can be a spreader, if you may. Yes. So, so that definitely that's a very good decision. And I, and I understand that other people are impacted by this in so many other levels. 
but the danger of of kids in the same room <laughs> and everything else. So, okay, and and again, I, wow. Okay, sounds good. So yeah. And, and even, I just want to mention, uh, even kids, uh, some kids are getting very sick from COVID-19. And if you've seen the, the reports from uh, yeah. Europe and, and from New York, and yes. um, they have quite a few um, kids that's getting, you know, vasculitis, like they are getting Kawasaki disease. So yes. Kawasaki is, is a very rare, I would say it's a rare um, disease of uh, uh, of pediatric patients. Okay, it's so rare that um, some pediatricians may never seen it in their entire life. Okay, and and the ideology is unknown. We don't know why this happens, and it's more more common in Asian kids. Um, but nowadays, you know, they are seeing um, more cases like like many, many more cases of this disease, Kawasaki, and those kids tested positive, okay, for COVID. So it's possible that this virus specifically can bring up this Kawasaki uh, disease that may affect your heart and it can be dangerous and it can be lethal. So the, homor the comorbidity of it could be, right? Am, am, I am I using that word properly in that regard? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So it's not like kids will absolutely be fine. So before, like two months ago, we knew that kids will be all fine, right? Because there's yes. no, no kids' cases, no kids' deaths. But now, uh, now some kids are ending up in ICU, you know. Uh, so it, it could be dangerous, but, but I would say in a much lower uh, prob probability. Probability. Because okay. it is still, it's still rare. Okay. Um, just like any other virus can cause, you know, weird stuff like, like encephalitis, like, you know, um, cardio um, uh, problems, you know, the heart problems, um, uh, inflammation, you know, in, in, the, in the vasculature, or you could even be paralyzed from a common virus, you know, mm -hmm. but that's all rare, rare. A super uh, rare situation. Super rare situations, but it seems to, seems like this COVID um, is, is able to do that. And, and it's, it's telling us, you know, by, by kids, by more kids are getting the Kawasaki disease. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and again, uh, the reason why we had to have a lockdown or slowly easing things up to reopen, but I, I understand that there are multiple researchers and scientists out there that say, if we open up prematurely, this is going to rebound like crazy. And, and again, I, under, I, I don't have, if we're just talking about you and I, our, our control over this is super small. And that's why we need to just continue to be careful and be vigilant out there. And maybe my last question before we wrap up our session here is that I know we talk about masks now. Uh, I, and I, I, I've been hearing for medical professionals like you guys, have already limited PPEs. So my question is, uh, for me, I am not, though, though we're, we have this physical therapy practice and obviously I'm not going there and we're not meeting patients right now, but I think we're in the process of following whatever guidelines to, to continue to help other people out because obviously physical therapy needs do not end, did not end with COVID-19. But uh, so, uh, because of these PPE shortage, for for common people like me, again, and and I know we're hearing it all the time, but I just I just want to hear it from you. Uh, so, for example, for wearing like a small towel or bandana to wrap it around, just like what people in I don't know in cowboy stage <laughs> yeah so so having that triangle in there and it's double-sided i mean meaning it's folded because normally a towel is rectangle and you fold it and then you wrap it around that would be good enough well i i wouldn't say it's good enough but better than nothing so still okay. trying to get the masks so i went to wegmans yesterday and they actually ha have a mask masks on sale now Mask on sale. okay that's good yeah yeah so. yeah it's like a 10 pack you know like okay. seven dollars something like that so i think 
nowadays lots of stores stores are selling them selling them now okay yeah right. so I have, I have avoided all of these stores as much as i can <laughs> <don't avoid> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, uh, because um, i want to protect my fellow community members and at the same yeah, time I, I know so many people who haven't getting out of the house literally for two months okay uh -huh, yes months. Uh, and, and that's that's good you know that's good well because you know i see patients so i mean yeah. going to grocery store uh, is uh, relatively is, is a piece of cake right yes <laughs> compared to seeing patients no doubt. Uh, but, but besides that I, I i like to say you know when you wear a mask just make sure you're wear, wearing at the correct you know way that the uh the wire or the the elastic thing that you can mold on your nose make sure you press down okay? yes so it's more sealed okay uh, and also there is is two different uh sides right there's uh sides and i, I don't know, know the color but usually the more um more smooth size okay um is towards the person who's not sick okay so if you are sick you put the more coarse size towards yourself okay okay yeah. if you are preventing yourself from getting sick and then you um you wear uh the um the smoother side the smoother Close. side uh sorry I'm, i might be saying it wrong you're fine so um if if you are preventing yourself from getting sick uh you'll do the smooth side to yourself okay yeah because uh the the cause side is a, is a side that will catch the virus ah yeah Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, also, you know, of course, lots of hand washing. Okay, if, uh, you, have, if you have alcohol at home, uh, make it spray to uh, seventy to seventy-five percent alcohol. This is the range that that it works for. You know, sanitizing um, the stuff, and I usually spray those in the like door uh, okay. knobs and uh, handles of the refrigerator, you know, things like that. And, and whenever you get into the house, just take a shower, you know, put your clothes into the, uh, the washer. Okay. Washer right away, yes. And the dryer. Yeah, a lot. Uh, when you do the hand washing, make sure you uh, do the foaming thing, you know, rubbing against um, two hands at, at 20 seconds. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, we have followed the World Health Organization yeah. guidelines <laughs> on that. And right. I did a video um, for our clinic to, to, to just really highlight that. that uh, and, and this was prior lockdown. And prior lockdown, I said, okay, we need to go ahead and make sure everybody coming in and out to wash their hands before and after. So, and then obviously we had a lockdown. But if we slowly ease into this, uh, definitely hand washing is, is such a critical component and doing it properly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Wonderful. Great, thank you. And I, I will send you this link as well as outside from this. Uh, but this is the Coursera course uh, for from Dr. Emily Gurley, and uh, and this is about contact tracing. So whether you want to be a contact tracer or not, I think this is such a very informative class or series of classes for us to be more knowledgeable of how COVID nineteen is. And Dr. Zhu has been very generous of her time that she's willing to do another of this session about six weeks from now, eight weeks from now, or four to eight weeks from now. So just watch out for any updates on that. And as things have been constantly changing, and again, from what I've been hearing from researchers, if we do open up and so on and so forth, we may have a very not a not so good rebound and then once we end end up with fall season it things may get worse now i i don't want to be the doomsday sayer here i just listen to these researchers and scientists now uh the bottom line is that things are changing every day every hour or what have you so whatever questions that you may have right now may be a little bit different a month from now 
So please watch out for our next session with Dr. Zhu. And if you have more specific questions regarding health and wellness, uh, Dr. Zhu is supposed to has posted her <laughs> contact information here. Please, uh, yeah, reach out to her because prevention is such an important piece. So, I is there anything else that you want to share, Dr. Zhu or Miko? Thank you so much for being patiently listening to all of us. You're you're fine there. Yeah, thank you, Mika. <laughs> all right. So, Dr. Zhu, anything else that you want to share to wrap this up? Uh, I think I think it's it's about all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank you, Manuel. Yes, and I will go ahead and stop the recording.